Hello. And welcome to Pop Tarts. Bim, bim, bim. I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We are both editors at Bust Magazine in New York City. And today we have a very, very, very Times Infinity special guest, <laughs> model and actor Karuchi Tran. Yay! Yay! You may have first heard her name when her high profile relationship and subsequent breakup with Chris Brown was splashed across every gossip site in the world. But since then, She's become one of our favorite stars in her own right, first as Virginia on the amazing, hilarious TNT show, Claws, and now as Sophie in the teen girl friendship film, The Honor List, that just came out May 11th. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Save your fat minstrelsy for someone who cares. They like to make jokes and say like, oh, Karuchi's bougie now. I am team Stormy. I read a book of poetry. Ooh, the poems, huh? Welcome to my life! It's good. It's dark. I like it. I just recently actually shot for Bus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, about like a month ago. Yes, so you cool. are going to be in the June-July issue. And we saw the story and the photos. And it's so good? beautiful and it's amazing wild. and glamorous. And everyone should buy the issue because it's so, so good. And they just just buy it regardless, anyways, because it's dope. Because <laughs> it's dope. You Can heard we it here. The cover of the issue now. Please. I'm sorry. Can we re- say who's on the cover of that issue? Yet? Erica Badu is on the cover. It's our I 25th anniversary shit. issue, and it's very special. Wow. I mean, the fact that I'm going to be in something uh, with Erica Badu, that's freaking awesome. Can I tell you guys like a funny story? Please yes. do. So I did this show. It's, it has to do with Erica Badu. I did this um, show called MTV, I mean, VH1 um, Hip Hop Squares, um, where it's like a take on the old, the old game show. And Erica Badu was on two. I did like three or four episodes. Erica Badu was um, in two of them. And whenever I meet people I'm like really fans of, um, I would say like really weird things. So, <laughs> you know, like we all get to set. I'm like, oh, hi, I really love you. Like, you have an amazing ass. <laughs> well, it's true. It's true, but like you don't freaking tell Erica Badu like the second sentence out of your mouth is you yeah. have a nice butt. You know what I mean? It was just like it was so awkward. I just felt like, oh my god, did I really just tell her that? And I went home and like I was lying in bed and I thought about like my day and I was like, you are an idiot. <laughs> and so the next day I apologized to her like, Aww. I didn't mean to be creepy or weird. I just got like very nervous and anxious and it just came out. So that's my Erica Badu story. Did she take it in stride? Was she like, thank you? Oh, she was like, girl, she don't even worry about it. And was like laughing. She's like the coolest freaking person. Her Her style is just. I wish I could dress like that. Your looks also get many, many looks. Looks for your <laughs> looks. Um, and I, I feel like you're such an interesting celebrity type person to interview because I feel like I saw possibly hundreds of photos of you before I ever heard you speak. And then... As well as many other people. <laughs> right. I mean, that's just like the weirdness of tabloid culture. And then I saw you on Claws and I was like, Wow. This person can really act. This person is amazing. Like, why haven't I heard her speak until now? And and then I saw you in the honor list, which is also, it's, I'm I'm so impressed with your ability to play someone like Virginia on Claws and also someone like you 
play in the honor list because you literally are playing someone half your age. <laughs> I don't think many people could pull it off, but you absolutely do. I, I started my acting career, you know, uh, five years ago. So I'm still growing as an actor. And for me, I I'm, I want to open up my instrument and, and see my potential. And it was so interesting last year, you know, filming Claws for six months and then like a month or two after that going straight into the honor list and playing this character, Sophie, from the honor list, um, that is so completely different from Virginia. I mean, like yeah. a whole total 360, you know? But for me, it was great to 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 open up those lines and just become a whole new character and just dig deeper into, um, into me as an actor. For those listening who don't know Claus need to watch Claus, but uh, Kirchie's character on the show, she was a former stripper. Tommy, that's fine with me. Forget all y'all old ass bitches. Oh. Out here wasting my God-given talent. Talent? Huh. What talent? Foreskin management? And the character is Sophie, right? In the- The honor list. In the honor list mm -hmm. is like a purity pledge. My name is Sophie Stevens and I'm a virgin. Can't believe you were ever friends with her. She's an 18-year-old virgin. She's saving herself from marriage. She has an app called Worth the Wait that she, you know, uh, uses to influence others to also uh, save them, th themselves from marriage as well. Um, so she is nothing like <laughs> Virginia in any, any way at all. <laughs> and are, are there parts of you that are like Virginia and parts of you that are like Sophie? Sophie, um, you know, not so much. <laughs> you know, I, I try to, uh, yeah, not so much. And and with with her character, I I had to really build her. So I had to bring my mentality back to an eighteen year old, which is eleven years ago for me. Yeah. You know. Um. So I did my research. I did my homework. I um, bought books. I bought things that Sophie likes. So Sophie likes cats. Um, so I bought a cat book with all these different cats in them. Um, <laughs> I, she, she wants to go to the to the wild, to the safari, and you know save animals. I bought a, a, a safari book. Um, I I bought a high school. I can't remember the name of the book. It's at my house, but it's a, a, a confessions of a teenage high school or confessions of a high school something something whatever it was. It's it's a girl in, that's in high school that's like writing a diary, and so I was able to like listen or read her dialogue and like just get her the mind of of a young of a young girl which is I, I tried to like rack my brain of who I was in high school but then I also was very different from Sophie right and so I wanted to when people when the audience watches the movie I wanted to make sure that they saw Sophie and not Karuchi um and then with Virginia I, I do relate to her in in many ways because um not the stripping, but, um, <laughs> um, you know, Virginia has had this fight to survive. Yeah. When shit hits the fan, when you've got to figure life out, when things are going wrong and you got to pull your big girl panties up. Um, I've, Karuchi, have had that too, where it was like, okay, we got to figure this out. You got to, you know, make some life choices. You got to be smart. You got to be wise. And so I think that's a lot of what I pull from myself into into Virginia. One thing I love both about the honor list and Claws is that they revolve around girl gangs and I'm obsessed with girl gangs. I'm yeah. obsessed with like rolling deep with your women 
Yeah. In, in a phalanx of glamour. <laughs> um, how much of that is a part of your life off screen and how fun is it to do on screen? I mean, it's so much fun on screen. Like, it's and it's very interesting because both Claws and both uh, Honor Lists are both female-driven um, characters, uh, main characters. Um, two totally different age groups, two do- totally different settings, but still the same energy. When I'm with the girls of Claws, we have so much fun together. We're always joking around. I look up to them as big sisters and mentors, um, and they look at me like a little sister that's like getting on everybody's nerves, you know. <laughs> um, but we, the, the, the same energy you see on screen is the same energy we have off screen. Same thing with the honor list. We that same energy you see it off screen as well me and the other girls were so well connected we went on bathroom breaks together we had lunch together we had like mini picnics we got like this blow up couch thing that we put in we all in the beginning of shooting we all had like separate trailers and by like day three we're like no we need one big trailer for all of us and that was just (laughs) ours we had this blow up couch thing we all sit there and have lunch we bring each other snacks and it was like we we built this friendship just like that's so kind of just like the movie, although we hated each other. And certain times we had to like remember on like when we got to set, like, all right, ladies, like we hate each other. We have to remember that like in the movie, <laughs> yeah. you know, we can't like just be like, oh, da, 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 you know. Um, and so in my real life, yeah, it's fun being with my girls. And one thing that I love is a lot of my fr- a lot of my friends are from high school. Oh, and nice. so we have these long lasting friendships where it's like we all know each other we all know each other's ups and downs and like girl she's just being her or you know it's so it's great to have women around you and just supporting one another and having a great time and not always being filled with drama and, yeah. and tearing each other down positive ladies Hot. yeah we um, try <laughs> since you're friends with your friends from high school were they at all a help to you trying to to remind you of what you were like when you were in high school um or did you just slip into it yeah they like to make jokes and say like oh karuchi's bougie now or like in like fun fun ways not like you know i'll be like oh let's go eat somewhere and i just like like good food you know and they'll make jokes like oh now she wants to eat here or you know whatever which is it's all fun and games like yeah you have to be able to to pick fun at each other at times Yeah. yeah And they also they have to tell you when you're fucking up because that's what they're that's what they're there that's for. That's what they're there for, and they know the real me <laughs> from 15 years ago, you know. So yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Another aspect of the character that I wanted to ask you a little more about is the fact that you do take a purity pledge and you have a purity ring. Um, we actually in Bust just did a story very recently about what happens to women once they are adults who have taken purity pledges when they're teens mm-hmm. and um, the women that we spoke to overwhelmingly, like when they were old enough to want to have sex, they encountered a lot of problems. There's people who are in therapy to try to undo what uh, purity culture did to them as teenagers. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I just was curious, like how you Karuchi felt about playing someone who had to take that on at such a young age like how do you feel about purity culture i i I, that's very interesting that that you've said that um i never even put any thought to that about people you know down the line and how how their lives were and so that's very interesting and what i but what i do love 
is Sophie's choice to Sophie's choice. Sophie, no, <laughs> not Karuchi's choice. Uh, um, Sophie's choice to 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 stick with it and to pledge and to wear this purity ring, um, and and to stand out from others and to not be under the influence of and peer pressure of other people. Whatever you do, whenever you lose your virginity that's up to you but i hope girls realize that they can take a stand and they don't have to do what everyone else is doing or somebody says oh you're a, you're a freaking loser you're not you're a virgin you you know you're saving yourself and that's what that's what a lot of people would say mm-hmm. you know imagine all the cyberbullying and the teasing that they would get yeah i feel like there's even though in the long run for me personally i think purity pledges are they may fuck people up more than the good they do but when it comes to like bullying i think the bullying to fit in is just as bad as slut shaming with the internet. Like you sleep with one person, you, everybody says you slept with a million people or you don't go on a date with one person and then you're a frigid bitch. So I'm so glad that internet was not a thing when I was in high school. I think about this all the time. Do you? Oh, I bet because you get, you get the crazy trolls on the Instagram. And And if, if I, if I was a true millennial now, if I was 15, 16 growing up in the midst of social media, wow, I'd be a troubled kid. It'd just be tough, you know, like dealing with self image issues and dealing with bullying and just being so invested in my phone and just i don't i I would just be a different person and i don't think i would like myself (laughs) well you're you're someone with over seven million instagram followers what is your relationship to social media how do you protect yourself and engage in self-care when your social media presence is so massive yeah i mean i always say that i have a love and hate relationship with social media because it's it's great for business it's great for our platform it's great for us to utilize our voice but then there's also this negative side and this negative tone to it yeah yeah i can't imagine that people are as feminists we get a lot of trollers you know like crazy batshit dudes on the internet who don't want women to do anything but we're much smaller, like those people seek us specifically, but it's much, there's many more people that are just like, oh, I know everything about her because I read a paper, Yeah, you know? And so and then you have the all these people. And half the stuff in the tabloids is not true, which I know for a fact because I've had so many things <laughs> about me said or people are like, oh yeah, you just did this or you were did. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, where did you get that from? And they're getting it from these media outlets who are producing these stories half that are false and it's just like these people think they know your life because they see you on instagram and it's like this open book and they follow you and so they feel like they know you um yeah it's this it's such a strange strange thing but i love it at the same, <laughs> at the same time yeah. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that's why i don't i'm on, on instagram but i not my real name and i'm on twitter as a secret account i just just got only so that I can follow um, Chrissy Teigen. Oh, uh, she's great. You got on Twitter just to follow Chrissy Teigen. Yes. Yes. She's pretty great. Because I don't want to follow, great. I don't want to be engaged with other people because I'm really bad at pulling myself back from being like, you can't say that. That's me. So you're at Teigen follower 999. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I, if I get in an internet fight, I like, ah, and 
and I can't restrain. And I can't have all these strangers saying things about like pro-Trump shit to me. And then I'll have no restraint. And then I'll be angry every day. Yeah. And it's like, what's, what's it. the point? And, yeah. and if you if you allow yourself, you will get sucked in and you will be consumed and you will like just be in this negative bubble and you're just all and that was that used to be me always looking at my phone what's who said this what said that da, da, da. and it's just like yeah did you have to have like an intervention did someone take <laughs> the phone out of your hands no but I kind of did that with myself uh-huh. there was one point where there was just like a lot of stuff going on in the tabloids and the news and I would pop up and I'd see this and that and I just had to really like literally throw my phone like get off of your phone it's poisonous almost. my husband Camilla had to pull me back because he was like you can't smoke weed and get into a Facebook argument anymore. <laughs> That's a danger zone right there. Yeah, oh no! Be like, he's like, fight with them tomorrow. Not while you're smoking weed with right. me, please. Who knows what you're gonna say? Because <laughs> I just get stuck in it. You yeah. harsh his mellow. <laughs> Carucci, are you a feminist? Uh definitely. I, I stand for women's rights i i think that it's time for equality it's time for us to be um appreciated and represented in the same way it's time for us to be to be creative and not take a step back because we feel like oh no we're you know we're not worthy enough or whatever the case may be it's right now it's just a very powerful time for 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 women yeah you're getting your career on a goal at a good time where there's more open discussion of pay and yeah you can have more than one woman in a in a movie cast and you can have a woman director and mm-hmm. you can have a woman editing you had so many people so many women working on this film which was great to see yeah and it's important to have uh women behind the cameras because we're trying to relay both claws and honorless we're trying to relay a message from a female's perspective and i have a um a statistic um, I read from the Times Up Twitter, and it's 95% of the top films of the past 11 years were directed by men. Yes. Uh-huh. 95% fucking percent. That's crazy. That's insane. Because if you think about it, if you think about a director, we're thinking through their eyes, through their vision, through the lens. Then that's that's that we're, that that means it's a, ma- a male's world, and that's very wrong. You know, mm-hmm. that's a they're that's an inaccurate representation of our world and reality and there are so many stories that need to be told Mm -hmm. and that's why i love that i'm a part of the honor list because megan created it marilyn foo who is the writer um sorry i had to make sure that was the right her right last name um she's a female she you know she she wrote the script zoe saldana and her sisters and the production company the dp the director the the girls of the cast you know it's it's just like we're all pushing this force and we're all getting this message out in the best way possible i forget who we were interviewing that was saying that um they were appreciated they were working with a, a female writer because they were talking about like conversations that happen when women are alone and how the hell is a guy going to write that with any kind of earnest when they're not in the room to know what we do when they're not in the yeah, room? And so how got, can you... Guys make up like stupid humor about what, what they think of girls and they think that's a representation of us. And it's like... That was Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Yeah, she, Greta Gerwig was like, men don't know what women talk about when they're not around. No. And so they can't write so how it because can they yeah, don't know. How can you, write that? you don't know what you're talking about. You're just making up some crazy image and making us look crazy. And no, that's not the truth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And we do wear pants. 
when we're hanging out. Right. We don't always hit each other with pillows. Right, yeah. It's not like, oh, every night it's girl fight and doing this and, and we're we painting our nails. There's so much more than that. We're drinking wine and smoking weed. No. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I'm drinking JK. wine. Right, JK. What, what are y'all doing later? I'm trying not to troll people on the internet. <laughs> right. We know how to take your phone later. One thing that I thought was sort of a tell that a woman wrote the honor list was the fact that there were uh teenage girls participating in an eating contest i feel like a man would not have written that or conceived of that no because you guys did it and it was disgusting and i loved it and it was so funny and i want to know how much pizza you actually literally ate that scene was dreadful we literally had i forget like exactly the measurements but a huge pizza and in the scene we're going against some some dudes some like weightlifting dudes or whatever and so we had to we had like a spit bucket next to us we had to stuff all this pizza in our face there was pizza and like sauce in my fingernails and in my hair and we had to we had one of our tactics was to dip the pizza in water i've seen them do this and like dunking the pizza in water and then it's like a little soggy and by this we're doing it a million times the pizza is still kind of cold because it's been sitting there but it was i mean it was fun and it's a story to tell but like I am so off pizza for a while, and yeah. we shot that last year. <laughs> Are you similarly lactose intolerant? Did you have ish? Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> but anything makes me go to the bathroom. <laughs> Coffee, cheese, anything. So a, a little bit. <laughs> you know, you you mentioned the uh, the Times Up movement, and that's cool that you're following it closely. Do you feel that you're a part of it? Do you are you Uh, endeavoring to get more involved in that? I would love to. There's a lot of powerful women um, at the forefront of the the Time's Up movement. And I'm not as involved, I guess. I do. I'm very vocal about it and saying that I do support them a thousand percent. And I'm happy that they are there and they have they have been working so hard for all of us. They're not just doing it for themselves. They're they're doing it for everyone. And I and I applaud them. They definitely have my support. A thousand percent. Yeah. I'll get on the board sometime soon. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Right. I'll try. (laughs) You know, alongside the Time's Up movement is the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. I know that um, a lot of women identify with you because of the relationship you were in. I know a lot of women saw your appearance on Ianla Uh uh, when that was on the Oprah Network when you were talking about uh, your breakup with Chris Brown. And I know that you have a restraining order against him that's public knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if while all of these stories of Me Too are coming up, if women are responding to you as someone who's perhaps gone through what they're going through, and if women are reaching out to you as maybe a source of inspiration as they're trying to get out of a bad situation. Yeah, I've actually, after that interview, I actually had a lot of women of various ages various races come to me and say i watched your interview and i loved it and i thank you so much because i was able to learn for it from it and thank you for being so open because you know i was in the same situation and it's so interesting because when i did that interview the 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 space that i was in was just such a whirlwind and i just did this interview and there was so much happening i didn't it wasn't like oh i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna inspire people and i'm gonna (laughs) you know it was just like something that i was really dealing with and that i i went on to talk about and so the fact that 
I was able to to reach out and touch and inspire one, two, three, a hundred, a thousand, a million people. It means a lot to me. And I'm glad that I was able to, you know, um, use my my wrongs and, and, and my mistakes and show the world, hey, don't don't make the same mistakes I did. And and yeah, it's 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 so weird thinking about it, but I'm I'm glad that, you know, I was able I'm able to help any and everybody in that that may be in that type of situation yeah because i feel like a lot of women when they're in situations like that abusive they don't want to talk about it one they don't want to admit it to themselves or can't admit it to themselves or two they have a sense of shame mm-hmm. and even though people know that it happens all over the place to tons to every, people that they they know mm-hmm. it always helps to hear that somebody else say vocally this happened to me yeah you can get out of it it's a great thing to talk about it because when you bottle up so much inside and one day you're going to burst like a bubble and that's mm-hmm. how I used to be. I wouldn't even talk to my friends about stuff. They didn't know about things. I keep everything to myself. And then finally I was able to, to let go and let things, you know, be told and, and speak my voice. But it's, it, you know, it is a refreshing feeling to know that there are other people out there that, um, that can relate. Which I think is also the power of the me too movement in general. Yeah. As a whole, is like, oh, some creep touched your butt at the thing? Yeah. Somebody did something similar to me so that you know you're not you're alone. You're not alone, yeah. And that you can say it without getting fired or without getting... It's okay. That you you went through up. something yeah. and, like, you that's not right and it's okay to, to speak up about it and, and, and speak up for what's right. And it's kind of a scary thing to, like, speak on things like that you know it's insanely personal also yeah putting your shit out there is not the oh. easiest thing no matter what you're what it is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Callie and I were just talking on the way over here that like if we had a bad breakup years ago and that's what people talked about when they talked to us about whatever it is that we were doing moving on with our lives like we would feel some type of way about that <laughs> <laughs> And so, welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah, I was like that. How do you like? How do you manage it? How? I mean, the, it's a fact, and it's out there in the world for everyone to know and comment on. But it's actually your personal, private life. Yeah, it's both. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it is what it is. I can't run from it. I can't take a you know backspace or take an eraser yeah. and erase it. You know, it's it. it it is what it is, and I I can only grow from here. And just you know, looking at myself now and the person that the woman and the person that I am, I'm so much better than I was. I'm so much more confident. I'm so much more sure about what I want and what I don't want. And unfortunately, I had to go through those situations to to become who I am today. Um, and I wouldn't change anything about it, you know, because I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't yeah. go through those situations and that's just situations period in my life you know yeah um so it's it's a great story of of the glow up i guess yeah. <laughs> yeah. like i at least i can look back and say whoo like at least i got through that i'm not dealing with that shit no more yeah. you know so for sure yeah. and i for one i'm so happy that you're not just that face and all of those tabloid paparazzi pictures like there's actually a voice to go with the face now and i had to find my personality (laughs) and a a, like a a true talent yeah and i was i was scared to 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 be i was i was so in my shell and afraid to be who i uh, 
who I am. I even look at myself sometimes like, okay, okay, girl, you got some personality. And, and that's just because I've been hiding for so much. Yeah. And I was just scared to let the world know who I really am because it's, it's a scary thing. The yeah. world is a scary place, you know, especially <laughs> yeah. with social media. It's like, oh my God, are they going to like me? Are they not going to like me? Now it's like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Like, whatever. This is who I am. I'm happy. And that's it. <laughs> Blow it up. I love it. Before we let you go, we want to know what it is that you are watching. And when we say what you're watching, we want to know books, movies, TV, music, podcasts, videos, like any kind of pop culture that's consuming. If you like it, it's going to be cool. Okay. Handmaid's Tale. Oh, For sure. Okay. I, I get anxiety every time I watch it, but then I need to, to I, keep watching it. But I'm like, oh, I kind of want to wait till like the season's done. Cause like, after each episode, I'm just like, come on, really? Like, <laughs> you want more, like now, yeah. you know? Um, but it's such a great show. Um, I binge watched all of Power. Oh yeah, I've heard it's uh -huh. good. It's, it's really great. It's based it in New York too. It's a great, great show. And their new season's coming out soon too, so I'm excited for that. Um, I was I started to watch the second I watched the first season of Atlanta. I'm starting to watch the second season. I saw that you saw the uh, the new Childish Gambino. You posted about that on your Instagram. So good. I watched that video so many times. Donald Glover is he's taking over America's the world. Treasure. Yeah. He is so special. He is so important to the world right Triple now. Triple threaten out there. I mean, singing, dancing, acting, writing, creating. He is just, and, and the way he's utilizing his platform and his exercising his voice and educating us and reminding us of who we are and what's important. You know, in, in his video, it's like you, you see him dancing and doing all these funny, cool dance moves, but there's shit and chaotic shit happening in the background. And it's a representation of us of our world happening. you know what i mean like we're so invested in pop culture and social media and all this other crap and it's like haha it's funny but we have a lot of underlying lying things that are happening that are very important and still fucked up you know yeah, yeah. and so he he's just oh he, it gives me chills every time i think about him and like he's just just freaking great like he's goals you yeah. know like just his mental and his mentality and his his vision is yeah. like he, uh, thank you, Donald Glover. <laughs> thank you so much for everything you are doing right now. He's a treasure, that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then a book that I've been, I've been like traveling and working a lot, so I haven't been able to really sit and indulge in it. But Shonda Rhimes, The Year of Yes. Yeah, uh -huh. I started it. Um, and it's her story of just like, saying yes to things and not always like saying no and turning things down and which sometimes I feel that way too I'm like I don't want to do that I don't want to do that but I'm like no like why should I not be doing this this is my crap I need to be doing it I need to open up myself instead of like hiding in my shell so um I need to I need to finish it but so far it's been great Shonda Rhimes is also another treasure <laughs> girl <laughs> how does she do it exactly and yeah. she's got like kids and like she she's another like superstar special treat to this world she must be a morning person no and way. a night person she's <laughs> yeah. probably a not sleeping person oh a thousand percent yeah <laughs> well thank you so much for coming by this has been a joy Yay, and a delight thank you this is awesome so much fun i cannot wait for oh, oh the movie is gonna be out now when this airs the honor list is digital um and will be available on dvd may 15th and claws comes back soon too june 10th i'm 
Yeah. Cannot wait. <laughs> oh, it gets character, crazier. Your character was pregnant, right? She just gets knocked up. Yeah. What? Yeah, I, I can't say what else, but yeah, <laughs> see where that goes. That was such a good finale. Yeah, and yeah. that outfit, all her outfits, all like every the outfit, the least but amount of clothes possible. I was like, I really? I that fur coat. <laughs> I do want to tell you that it actually brought up a major sort of editorial crisis while I was editing our profile of you for Bust Magazine. The term poom poom shorts came up. <laughs> and first there's the issue, how does one spell poom poom shorts? P-O-O-M or P-U-M hyphen P-U-M. P-U-M. And I believe it's P-U-M. Uh-huh. However, the majority of our readers, it was decided, don't know from the poom poom shorts. So I had to change it to short shorts. But who wants to change poom poom shorts no. to short shorts when they're so obviously poom poom? And poom poom is so great because it's one of those onomatopoetic, it's like poom, poom, poom. Like it's spelled like what it does. Yeah. And so in the end, when you read your profile, you'll see that it says short shorts, but we know that they're, they're poom poom shorts. shorts. The writer knew that they were poom poom shorts. My personal luscious research assistant at home is still upset with me for excising ah, shorts. Another term could be coochie cutters, but that's mm-hmm. a little aggressive. That's very aggressive. Yeah, that's I mean, a common go-to. it's not too aggressive for bust. It would only not make the cut because too many people wouldn't know what Look, is being cutter? cut by the coochie cutter. <laughs> what does the coochie cut? Or what's, what's cutting the coochie? But only your wardrobe, your Mwah. perfect wardrobe on claws could have elicited such a heated debate <laughs> at bust headquarters when you when you look up poom poom shorts in the urban dictionary it's a picture of virginia <laughs> and her poom poom shorts I love it. <laughs> thank you again for coming thank you're the you greatest so thank you so much when we come back callie i'm gonna ask you and hopefully reciprocally you're going to ask me what Don't show watching <laughs> I'm Terrence Mickey, the creator and host of Memory Motel, a podcast that finds the drama and what we desperately want to remember or would rather forget. In season one, I explored such light topics as the different ways we remember the dead. Good afternoon. Thank you for calling the New York Times Classifieds. Christine speaking. I may help you. Hi, my name is Terrence Mickey, and I'm calling to inquire about an obituary. What information were you looking for that I could possibly help you with? Okay. I'm a big procrastinator, but I'm going to die at some point, so I just want to be prepared. And to get to the bottom of Stockholm Syndrome, I returned to the bank robbery where the first person was diagnosed with it. I always felt that I did something wrong. After almost 50 years, I felt, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I did what I had to do. And I'm kind of feeling proud of myself. And I followed a message in a bottle. He starts talking to me about a bottle with a message in it, and he says, Turks and Caicos, I'm like, and I'm, you know, I'm real expressive. You can't see me, but like I make a lot of faces. And I look at my cousin and I real quizzically and I go, I don't know what this guy's talking about. So I says, hold on a second. I put the phone down. I'm like, what, what? And I go back on the phone. I go, 
Okay, excuse me, what's a Turks and Caicos? I had no idea. To see where your memories take me next, please subscribe to Memory Motel wherever you listen to your podcasts. And to share your memories, please reach out to me directly on Twitter at Terrence underscore Mickey or at Memory Motel. For updates on season two, visit our website, memorymotel.audio. And we're back. Callie, what is it that you are watching? Well, my lady. <laughs> um, the Met Gala hit me in the face. Uh-huh. Do you think Karuchi went to the Met Gala? I forgot to ask her. Well, I been googling my face off on the Met Gala so I think I would have seen it but there's so many people there that I was like wait they were there and I don't I didn't see I bet she's gonna go at some point oh she's definitely gonna she's Met Gala material for sure um favorite accessory of the night for me was Solange and her net bag that had Florida water in it yay Solange for those that don't know what Florida water is it's sort of like the sage for people who do uh like Santa Ruth Santa Teria, Santa, Santa Ria, or um, any Catholic based sort of witchery stuff. So they sprinkle Florida water around the room. So that was her like homage to the theme. And I love it. And she got the bad vibes out of the Met. I am living for that. And she probably sprinkled it in that elevator. Um, the storied elevator. Rihanna crushed it as usual. As the hot Pope. But I am really tired of seeing after the Met, every time I see some kind of thing that's like, Rihanna wore, wait for it, pajamas to the after party. Rihanna wears pajamas every fucking year, people. Every year she puts on a very luxurious pajama look. Do not be surprised next year. Yeah, don't. Do your research. (laughs) Cardi B, stunning. I loved that outfit all the way. The gloves. As the mother of God. Oh, God. It was it was just insane. I loved her look. Um, so then um, I went to Pussy Powerhouse Party the other day at um, my friend's store called Cult Party in Williamsburg. And the party theme is my friend Corinne. She's from L.A. West co-sponsored it. And when Corinne's on her period and her and her homies in L.A., they wear all red, head to toe red. And that way they can acknowledge when each other's on their period or somebody's wearing red, they let them take their seat on the train or whatever. You just know that <laughs> that woman is going through it. She's in head to toe red. So let the memo go out to all the ladies across the land wear your red on your flow days. Yes, yeah, so we all know. And so there was like a red fashion show on the street and crazy, amazing red outfits with headdresses and some insane looks. Was anyone just like free bleeding? Up uh, me. <laughs> yeah. I, I got my period that night. Oh, you're always so appropriate. And I was wearing the most hilarious red uh, leotard, but I forgot I was wearing like granny panties because I knew I was going to get my period and this was like a thongy-ish leotard. So it was pubes out on the street for that fashion show walk and then we went next door uh, which I think really went with the theme anyway I had to wear pants though on the train because you can't be trained pubes out I don't even know if that's legal <laughs> you don't want your pubes on that seat anyway no that but seat doesn't you, deserve you your pubes you can't stand up and have pubes in a face either <laughs> there's some 
I know some. There's a lot of choices and they're all bad. (laughs) (laughs) So I opted for pants toothpaste. Um, And then afterward, there was a a lecture series at the Anchored Inn where uh, women talked about, there was a bunch of uh, like, I don't know if they're gynecologists or just women's health experts, but they talked. Or just vag enthusiasts. Vag enthusiasts. Yeah, they talked about um, the cup and they talked about like they passed around these rocks that are the size of your uterus normally and then how big it is when you're on your period and that's what the bloat is. That was insane. It was like three times the size. And then um, there was like some really hilarious um, poetry if the, they ever come around again or if you see that Pussy Powerhouse is coming to your town, go there. It was wonderful. And as you said, that party was sponsored by Bust. Mm-hmm. And Bust is also sponsoring another party on August 1st, our 25th anniversary party. Yes. So if you want to party down with us, it's going to be so, so much. We're going to have Jenny Slate there hosting. Amber Tamblin's going to be there. So many special guests that we can't even announce yet, but it's going to be bonkers in Brooklyn, August 1st. Celebrate our birthday. Celebrate our birthday. To my success. (laughs) (laughs) And to mine as well. Um, Did you see the Roseanne Barr and Stormy Daniels Twitter fight? I saw a part of it. I saw the part of it where Stormy Daniels called Roseanne a, a stupid twat. Yes, because Roseanne was trying to talk shit on Stormy Daniels, as, you know, Roseanne has wanted to do on Twitter, and um, basically said, like, that she was a a bad role model or not, like, a classy lady, and she was, like, because I, uh, because she was in porn or whatever, and she was, like, well, what does that say about Trump? Patricia Arquette came in slamming, like, you know, Trump cheated on his wife with the next wife with the next wife. This is, yeah, you're going to hold her on a different level of ethics. And then Roseanne Barr was like, she does anal porn. And Stormy Daniel was like, number one, no, I don't. And number two, who the fuck cares? It's consenting adults. Why would my job have anything to do with, with how you view me? Like, it was hilarious. Stormy Daniels, for the win, she was a cl- she's clapping back all over the place. And then she was on Saturday Night Live. Did you see that? I did see her on Saturday Night Live. I am Team Stormy. I love what she's doing out there. Um, I saw the Mean Girls musical on Broadway. Oh, who's at that table there? Don't look at them. Just don't. We call those three the plastics. They're shiny, fake, and hard. They play their little mind games all around the schoolyard. And I really liked it. Yay. Um, I thought that the character that um, the character that plays uh, the, the main mean girl, mm-hmm. she was really, really good. The music was mad. Like the songs weren't as funny as the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Do you think Tina Fey is going to get a Tony and get closer to her EGOT? I don't know if this is going to be the Tony one. It was good. It's definitely wasn't as bad. I'm always scared when I see remakes of anything. Mm-hmm. So it was better than I expected. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. There's a part where, you know, in the movie she gains weight because she's eating those like um, protein pills. She's getting pranked by the other girl. Oh, yeah. But in the movie or in the play, there's like one song talks about like, how they like girls with bigger butts and like not flat butt white girls, but then when the girl gains weight, they just put 
like the bottom half of a fat suit on her. So really only half of her body is big. And it didn't read because they just had a song about how big save your are. fat minstrelsy for someone who cares. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, just only patting the bottom. It didn't, it, that was weird. Um, and, and then I loved the sexy Halloween costume part. They had some really good sexy Halloween costumes. I love a hilarious sexy Halloween costume. One year it was a sexy windmill. Nice. It blew apart before I got to the party. So then I was just in a new suit and I was carrying some poster board. Uh, I saw the L7 show when they, they were here. This was a couple weeks back because I uh, didn't have enough time to talk about it in the last one. But I got backstage. I was with Lori For L7? Hensel. Yes. Lori Hensel's husband, Michael, photographed them like way back in the 90s. So they were old friends. And then we're backstage and we're talking to Squid from the Luna Chicks. And she was telling me the story of how she met L7 for the first time. And L7 had invited them to play a show in L.A. And this is pre-internet, you know. And so, like, they didn't really know about all the other female bands that were out there at all. And so Squid gets off the plane. And the first thing she thinks is, what the fuck is this plant? Because she grew up in the Lower East Side and had never seen any of the plants that they have. There was, like, a bush. And she was like, <laughs> What is this? Because Lori side eighties. What a bush, you know. And then her second thought was, "Wait, there's other bands like us that are only women." <laughs> so I love that. You guys don't understand what life was like before the internet. It was wild. Yeah, you, you didn't even know there were bushes out there, let alone other <laughs> bands with, with women in them. You had to walk to the record store both ways in the snow. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else have I? Oh, um, I got really stuck on the show Unreal. Have you heard of this one? I have heard of it. I have not watched it. I really, really liked it. I thought it was going to be super cheesy. It's about uh, these two women that produce a reality TV show, sort of like The Bachelor, and like what really goes on behind the scenes, how they create the drama. All right, here we go. We are done with death, okay? Give me romance, romance, romance. Let's get this show back to what it's all about. Crazy shit goes down. It, it had me hooked, man. I was so into it. Though I am pissed that they wanted, when they wanted to leak something to a feminist site, they mentioned Jezebel and Bitch. Hello, Unreal. Mention us on the next season, please. Bus Magazine. We're also out there. <laughs> but I do. There's a lot of feminist undertones in it. I really like it. But also some batshit crazy shit. Because, you know, producers got to get that drama. Mm-hmm. And so the levels they go are, are crazy, crazy, crazy. Oh, also HBO. I just saw two episodes of this show and I really want to keep watching. I want to get your views on it. So maybe we could talk about more in the next. It's called Grace and it's from HBO Asia. Huh. Okay. And it's like takes like the aspects of Asian horror and it's like a, a series show. But same family, diff- focuses on different people each time, from what I can tell from two episodes. That sounds cool. Is good. It's dark. Like <laughs> it. What you watching? I'm so happy you asked, Callie. You know, there. I will say that Debbie told me to watch The Rachel Divide, which is the Netflix Rachel Dolezal oh my God, so documentary. Insane. And I watched it avidly. I watched it with my luscious research assistant and he had to pause it many times to stop and be like, wait, what? Huh? Right. And what? then he had, he as a gentleman of color had many thoughts and feelings about it. 
And um, yeah, it was definitely something that sparked debate and gave me a perspective on Rachel Dolezal that I had not previously had. If you don't recall, Rachel Dolezal was the uh, African-American studies professor slash president of her local chapter of the NAACP who was asked on TV, are you black? And she gave sort of a confusing mixed up answer. And it was revealed that she is the child of two white parents. However, she, I quote unquote, identifies as African-American and this decision to identify as such because that's how she feels inside created a national controversy. Mm-hmm. And so this documentary really follows her life after in the wake of that giant How bad do explosion. you feel for her son? I feel very bad for her son, Franklin, her 13-year-old son. That was my biggest takeaway was like, I can't believe he has to deal with it. Like her son is getting really thrown into the mix. And I find that must be, he's so understanding of her. It's though. hard enough to be like, I think he's 13. Yeah. Like it's hard enough without having Rachel Dolezal be your mom. Oh my God. And he is, he is a black child and it's tough. He's very supporting of her though, which is sweet. Also, you know, I really wasn't clear on her family situation, which really definitely changes my outlook on her, her whole sort of state of mind just briefly she was raised in a very cloistered environment by fundamentalist christians who are white her two white parents she and her brother and then her fundamentalist christian parents after she and her brother were born adopted four black children and uh the way it was described by both rachel dolezal and some of her adopted siblings like there was no the black siblings were given no sense of identity for themselves. They were basically raised as white children who were happened to be black. And so Rachel at a very young age took it upon herself to learn absolutely as much as she could about African-American history. So she could pass it on to her siblings, which I think was a very sort of noble effort. She was an African-American studies professor as a child. And then went to Howard University and grew up to be an African-American studies professor. And I believe that that like very, I think, uh, compassionate impulse on her part led her to a career that she can absolutely, you know, carry on as a person and say, I'm a white person who teaches African-American studies and this is my life path and this is how I came to it. But she doesn't say that. She says that she is black inside and she teaches African-American studies. And I think that even her, at least her youngest child is like, people just want you to admit that you're white. Yeah. Like if you would just admit that you're white, you can go back to your activist work. You can go back to your educating work. You can go back to whatever it is. Like nobody is objecting to you uh, teaching this material or being an activist. They just don't want you to say that you're black when you're not because there is a certain lived experience being in a certain color skin in this nation and you have white privilege and you can't hide from your white privilege and you can't deny your white privilege or uh, pretend that it's not all over your entire body. Um, And so the, the kid is right. I think that like all of her instincts are good except for that one that makes her say that she's black when she's not. And if it's just her Achilles heel and I feel bad for her that she keeps doubling down on it instead of letting it go. 
she could easily say, I wish I was black or I think my culture, I, I respect your culture more than my culture, whatever. But Or just, I identify with your struggles so much. You know, there's so many ways to go about it. But yeah, it's a good documentary. You should watch it on Netflix. I feel like the people who are like, whatever, that's a crazy bitch, which I hear a lot. You might have a more nuanced view of yes. her after watching it. Speaking of people who actually are black, I love Queen Sugar. It's a great show. I really uh, need to get on that one. Um, my, my favorite soap opera, as everyone knows, is Dark Shadows. But my favorite soap opera right now that's being made right now is Queen Sugar. What you going to do, huh? We going to do this? We don't have to do anything. Rough Angel. He's rough. Don't do this. Listen, rough. You don't want to do this. Put the gun down. Put it down. Please. What you best do is get back in that truck. Take your ass home. You feel me? I watch it on Hulu, so I'm a season behind, so no spoilers. It's season two just started up on Hulu because season three just started up on uh, OWN. And so uh, even though I'm a season behind the rest of the world, I don't care. It's so good. It's <laughs> juicy. I love it. And it's taken the place in my heart that Empire once occupied because Empire is ridiculous. I had to give up on Empire, you know. It got too wild. Come on. Uh, but luckily, Queen Sugar is there to fill the hole with actual substantive soapy goodness. I recommend it. So I guess what is a soap if it's not a little outlandish? You got to have somebody murder. Yeah, but don't insult me. Yeah, and then there's some lines. I mean, that's stupid because I watched Dark Shadows and it's like a vampire, witch, wolf, man, Frankenstein. Yeah, I mean, it, but I was still. watching Days of Our Lives back in the day when that one character kept getting possessed. Marlena turned into a cheetah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, like, you got to take soap operas in stride. Yeah, so I guess I don't really have a leg to stand on. I just, Empire just isn't as good as it used to be. And Queen Sugar remains good. Janelle Monet, her new... Uh, album Dirty Computer also has a visual album. Have you watched it? Oh, I've only seen the Pussy Pants video. The Pussy Pants is part of a much broader visual album that encompasses all the tracks. Ooh. And it's great. And it's on YouTube. And I highly recommend it. It's Afrofuturistically fantastic. Ah, I'm and into that. there's a lot of like her zhuzhing up Tessa Thompson also throughout that. the entire thing. And, um, I read a book of poetry. Ooh, book of poems, huh? <laughs> I know everybody hates poetry. I know it. Not but everybody hates sometimes poetry. Sometimes there's poetry that's like... I loved the period poetry I heard over the week. <laughs> I read a book called How to Love the Empty Air by one of my favorite poets, Kristen O'Keefe Aptowitz. Her poems are very accessible. They're not very abstract. And her collections are like memoirs of certain parts of her life. And so this particular, she has seven books of poetry. This one um, covers this really tumultuous part in her life where she um, gets this massive book deal and she married a dude and they, um, you know, got a house and her life was just like skyrocketing in all the ways that she wanted it to. And then her mother, who is her biggest cheerleader and closest person to her in her life, dies. And so yeah. it's just a roller coaster of emotion. And she she just really, you know, you you read the slim volume and you feel like you've really been someplace. 
So um, if you want to read like a very, very deep memoir that goes very quickly because it's poems um, and that's very effectively written, How to Love the Empty Air by Kristen O'Keefe Aptowitz, I recommend it. I want to tell you that Law & Order SVU one of my faves. It was one of my favorite shows. I feel like this season is fucking garbage. It's so bad. Like every every episode, I'm like, are you serious right now? I'll tell you what I think is the total worst so far of, of all of them this season, in this ter- terrible season. So like Carisi, who's played by Pierce Gavino, his niece accuses a classmate of rape, right? But she wasn't really raped. And so, like, after they, like, there's a oh, big kerfuffle, she, he tells her to make it right. So she invites the dude that she accused of rape over to her dorm room to, to apologize. And then he actually does rape her. But she already said that he didn't do it after saying that he did do it. It's so terrible. It was, I was it like, was pretty bad. Give me a break. And, like, but also, you know, I have no room for people who lie about being raped. You're making it harder for everybody else that's been raped. So I see that where they were going with that. It was you don't like don't do that with that show that's like made such an impact on so many lives. Like, yeah, don't do that. Well, I really like fake fake rape pl- claimers. There's a special place in hell. <sighs> I just the way they did it was so hokey. It was and terrible. it was not a very good episode though. Like ever since Raul Esparza left and they replaced him with D. A. Peter Stone. I'm like, give me all the breaks. You're the worst. <laughs> um, and I also, here's a, a hot tip for spring. Ooh. If you want to get like that spring cleaning zhuzh going, I recommend binge watching Hoarding Buried Alive. It's on Amazon. Oh, I got to watch it because I have to move. I've watched every episode and now I'm rewatching them and they're just as good as the first time. I feel like a terrible person watching it. I feel like I'm a tourist watching other people's mental illness uh, for my own personal satisfaction and being like, you're a dirty hoe. But listen, <laughs> like my apartment is disgusting. I watch their disgusting apartment. My apartment magically becomes less disgusting as if by magic, because like I just start putting things away while I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah. I'm literally cleaning while I'm watching. And nothing makes me want to clean, except for writing. If I have a writing deadline, I start cleaning. But also watching <laughs> Hoarding Buried Alive, it will make you clean like you've never cleaned before. I'm totally going to watch it because I'm about to move and I have way too much stuff. You will totally pack so quickly if I you watch it. I prefer to call myself a collector. <laughs> so do they, Callie. So do they. But some of them literally just collect trash. Yeah, and like their own pee in jars. Yeah, that's, that's the one, really wild ones. Yeah, Logan... My uh, luscious research assistant likes to point out that the black people hoard good stuff and the white people hoard poop. <laughs> that may be true. I got to rewatch it. But all the ones that I could think of where they were in their own feces or pee, they were white. Yeah. I I mean, it's just facts. And then when you think about the, the corrosion of uh, uh, Great Gardens, ladies. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you've peed so much on your floor that your floor is eaten away. No. Yes, Callie. I'm just saying that, like, it'll make you feel better about yourself. And it shouldn't, and it's wrong, and it's mental illness tourism. Smelling. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, I'm not saying I'm right. 
I'm just saying that I'm watching it. <laughs> and the last qu- quick note I want to say is, as you may or may not know, my very own mother was on the last episode of the uh, show. Ah, the gym. She said she wasn't going to listen, but she did anyway, and she liked it. <laughs> and then she wrote in to say, and this will be a direct quote from Janet. I'll try to do it in her accent, but I won't be very good at it. One correction. I said that Little Foxes was based on a play by Tennessee Williams. It was a slip of the mind and the tongue. It was actually written by Lillian Hellman, a fascinating, extremely controversial, and super talented woman who never a mother was considered by some to be a real mother. (laughs) If possible, I'd appreciate you making that correction on a future podcast, giving credit where it's due. I love your mother. That comes to you from Janet. (laughs) Thanks, as always, to our producer, Rachel Withers, our pal at the listening booth, Terrence Mickey, and our girl gang at Bust Magazine. You can find me on Twitter at Emily Rams. Callie, are you going to tell your secret Twitter handle? Fuck no. (laughs) I'll only ask if Chrissy Teigen wants to know. Oh, shit. (laughs) You can email us both. I'm at emilyrams at bus.com. I'm at calliew at bus.com. And you can learn more about this show at bus.com slash Pop-Tarts. You should also visit bus.com to find out more about our 25th anniversary party. We're all going to be there. You're going to be invited. So check it out. And finally, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. We don't want to be a secret like Callie's secret Twitter (laughs) handle. We want to be something that everyone knows about and can hear and enjoy. So please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps us get the word out, and we super duper appreciate it. Until next time. Mwah!